everybody. It's game time with Zach and Jamir. We're back. We're here. We're talking. We're doing what we do best. Game time. <laughs> We've got some exciting, but yet not very exciting matchups coming up for the Christmas Day games. And we also have things that we would like to see going forward. So we're going to get into that today. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to unpack each matchup and we're going to go from there. So for Christmas, we have the Atlanta Hawks versus the New York Knicks, the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets and the Los Angeles Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks and the Utah Jazz. What do you think, Zach? What are your thoughts? When you hear these matchups, I mean, if I heard these matchups on uh, October 18th, I've been really excited. The hearing about them on today is December 22nd, 2021, after death. And I'm not that excited, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I mean, obviously, I'll watch the Celtics game because that's my, you know, that's my team I root for. But the Knicks and Hawks are just. Not what it's not was gonna not what we hoped it, hoped it would be. You know, Celtics disappointing right now, and the Bucks. I would I love watching the Bucks when they're healthy, but the problem is like I think their team is like all their important players are ravaged by COVID nineteen. So I think I don't think Drew Holiday is even in either. I think he did play two games ago, but I don't think he played last game. So their team is just just a uh, dudes in the Bucks jersey for real for real. Warriors Suns. That's going to be fun. That's a good game. Their first matchup was definitely exciting. The second one wasn't as exciting, but also the Warriors, you know, that you knew they were going to come back, come back for blood. So you can't, even, you can't even get too mad about that game not being close. But the third matchup should definitely be interesting. And the winner of that game would claim the number one seed in the conference for, for the time being. So that'd be an interesting little wrinkle. And then we have Nets Lakers. Uh, the Lakers should not be on TV anymore. They're not fun to watch. I know, like they have the name rare players, but in terms of the content, in terms of the product, they are turning out. It's absolutely horrid. I'll probably just watch. I haven't seen Isaiah Thomas play yet, so I watch him play for like a quarter, and then I'll like get off the game because we all know the Nets are probably gonna whip that ass. And then Mavericks and Jazz. Uh, the Jazz are cool and all. The Mavericks have Luca. I'm not. I'm not sure if Luca's even playing at this point, but. Also, not really too interested in that, just personally. Just don't care for either team. So I'm probably going to just watch two and a quarter games on Christmas. I have no interest in the first. I have a little interest in the first. Just because I like Julius Randle a lot. Even though he's been playing like a... Not, not, he hasn't been playing like ass. He hasn't been playing like a god like he was last year. So that, I'll probably check that out for a little bit. If it's close, I'll stay tuned in. Otherwise, I'm going to do other shit. But, yeah, the games just – the teams just aren't working out the way that we all had hoped in some way, shape, or form, except for the Warriors and Suns just exceeding all expectations. But how about you? What you what's your thoughts on these games? Well, before, before I get into what, what I was going to say about these games, uh, I think that – there's a topic, a side topic that you kind that you started to go into, but you didn't really unpack it. And I think that's COVID-19 and 
Like, what? It, where, where's your head at when it comes to uh, COVID nineteen right now? Because COVID nineteen is like ravaging the NBA, the NFL, and just spreading across the country. Schools are considering pushing their, you know, their return dates back. Mm-hmm. All different kinds of things. So, like, what? Where? Where's your head at with that kind of stuff? And we're talking in terms of basketball. <laughs> I just I'll stick to that uh, uh, for now. If we want to get into the whole society thing, we can do that too. But like, at least with the NBA, I know we talked about some wish list things. I was gonna wish they would shut down for like two to three weeks, but I decided not to wish that. Not not because I don't think they should, just because I know they won't. I know it has no realm and possibility. It has a realm of possibility if things get really bad, but. They don't want to do it because the money, there's money to be made. The players want to play, um, you know, all those things. But I really do feel like they should at least take some time to, you know, they're going to at least wait till after Christmas, if anything. That's like one of their biggest uh, viewers, viewer days. So they're going to wait at least till after that. But I do think it would have made sense to like really consider shutting down for like two weeks, especially since like a lot of their players are, apparently asymptomatic and mild symptoms uh you know just didn't so them quarantining won't be like painful for them necessarily is stay home for a little bit come back make sure everyone gets tested and then if enough players have recovered start playing again as you mentioned they're not going to do that but i do think i do think uh it's in their best interest probably to like slow down for a little bit and just maybe reschedule some games or at least make this season like 75 games or go back to 72 games again and just cut out some games. But, you know, they're not going to do it. Adam Silver, Adam Silver literally came out today and said they, they did not see the logic in shutting down the league in the midst of a pandemic that's ravaging the league. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I... I... It takes me to it takes me a lot of places like, yeah, I didn't necessarily agree with the idea of keeping the league open. I think I think revisiting in a few weeks is a brilliant idea. And. I get concerned, too, because. Like, what do you what do you think if they repropose the bubble to limit to limit playoff uh, infection? Um, cause um, I, I think that would be great, but at the same time, the, the players hated it. So like, yeah. it, it seems like they're on that track at this point. If they, if it, if it, if it continues, I feel like that that's a possibility in the future. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I think that as the, the ultimate problem that I think we have as a society, unfortunately, is that we move so fast. And mm-hmm. when you have to like put, when you got to put the foot on the brake, we, 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 our brake is so bad and it moves so slow. We don't stop anything. We, 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 you know, we, we take little, little steps here and there. Like, yeah, we take baby steps and uh, like, it was it was great to see when the pandemic first hit that we shut down immediately. I mean, they pretty much had no choice. But at the same time, something like that, just saying, you know, okay, like, like yeah, let's get through Christmas because after Christmas, 
if we're being honest, basketball isn't going to be cared for as much until around the All-Star break. That's true. So if you're interested, yeah, you're right. Right. So it's like you have different spikes in the season. When the season first opens, Christmas, the All-Star break, playoffs. Mm-hmm. Those are like the four seismic spike viewer viewership events in basketball. Uh, so you just passed one. You're about to pass another. I think that before we get to the all-star break, I think that you really might want to tweak some things and maybe implement a break of some sort or implement strong. Like they've, they've implemented new COVID rules, but Let's let's see what let's see what happens with that, but I, I think they want to. I think they might really want to get it right before the playoffs. And if not, if they can't get it right before the playoffs, to me, I think a bubble would be the safest bet because I don't want to lose a game seven because my best player is out because of COVID and he's asymptomatic. I'm, I'm just being real. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make that doesn't make sense. That's just it. Just it would be illogical at that point to not have a bubble or some something with maximized testing and minimized contact because the bubble was perfect in a sense, in, in, in a COVID sense. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like, I think with this, if they did a bubble again, they can lighten the restrictions because, you know, you know, COVID was, we, we knew a lot less about COVID at that point. Yeah. And also there wasn't a vaccine out. Mm-hmm. And you know, and so with you know, with with the new technology that we have and the new understanding, or a be- much better understanding of what we had, what we know, and what we have about COVID, I think like you can probably bring a visitor earlier on to you know fill that void, family wise and contact wise. Because I know there was a, there were big things about about people having guests and stuff, and like especially with coaches not being able to have guests for a while and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that they're gonna have to really like play in between those 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 spikes. That's that's where that's where my head goes. Because you've already passed one, you're about to pass another on Saturday, and then you've got until about. When is it? March? February, I think. February. So you got you got until about February. And so it gives you about a month to play around with things and to tweak things. Then you got the all-star game. And then and then and then you got the rest of the season to figure it out. And then so they better start really working on that stuff now. Right. No, you definitely brought some interesting points. I just do know one thing. One thing that I just really struck me with this. I mean, they, I think they implemented the COVID, the new COVID rules recently, like after this happened. But I just realized I was, you know, looking at the stats or just getting the notifications. Like Josh Richardson was out for health and safety protocols. And then he was cleared, played a whole game. And then the next day he was out again for health and safety protocols. So you have to wonder, like, did he play with COVID? You know, and just spread it, you know, out there just sweating, perspiring, perspiring, whatever the word is. And spreading it, spreading it like that's just irresponsible at that point. Have a, have a guy who knowingly, I guess at that point they thought he didn't, but then like, oh shoot, he did. 
at that point, it's like, you know, that's just irresponsible. That's just not, that's not controlling the situation well at all. So I just know they need to do something. We'll see how these new rules are go. I didn't read into the new rules. I'm assuming it's just more testing and getting closer to what they were doing beforehand. But uh, one thing to think about too, is like a lot of players that have the vaccine, we don't know if they're, if they got the full dose or cause like the rules they only require is one shot. So whether they got the Johnson and Johnson or they got, just got like one Pfizer, one Moderna, it's like, you know, that kind of, you know, dictates how protective people are from like the vaccine, especially when, you know, as, as we know, uh, the vaccine was originally was created created to protect against the original strain or the main strain that was, you know, out here. But now science 101, you know, enough, if enough people are protected and keep catching COVID over and over and over again, the virus just mutates. But, you know, we're not, I'm not an epidemiologist or anything, but that's just basic, basic science for those who don't, you know, read a book. But yeah, I don't know. Just a side note. I just hate these people talking about, oh, vaccinated people are getting COVID. That vaccine sus. It's like, bro, literally read a book. Learn how vac- learn how viruses work real quick. And then you understand why the vaccine is no longer as effective. But nonetheless, it does protect against death, which is the main goal. So I don't know. That was just my side rant. I just hate that. That that rhetoric is just stupid. Like, if you feel one way about something, at least use back to back up your stance. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And your point about Josh Richardson is kind of perfect. Uh, and and within the tweaks that they're making. And also, I would use another example. Like, if that reminds me specifically of when Kevin Durant, he came in the game and then he went out in the third quarter. And it's just too, it's just too much confusion right. surrounding it. And I think that, like, as, like they, they say something is up, something is winning. Like COVID is winning right now. Like it is, <laughs> it is, it is impacting the league more than the league is controlling it at the moment. Yeah, that's like, fair. It's it's forcing you to postpone games. It's forcing you to move things around and you know stuff like that. Where if you if you took some time off. I think you could control it for the rest of the year. Like if you like if you took a, few, a couple of weeks, you could actually get it under control. Yeah. So. But the almighty dollar says otherwise. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Apparently. And now, time to getting back into the Christmas Day games. I'm not very excited about any of these games except for the Phoenix and Golden State game. I'm not, I'm not really excited for any of these other matchups because, A, the teams are ravaged by injury and COVID and all that kind of stuff. And, B, all of these teams, again, aside from Golden State and Phoenix, have been disappointments. And, I mean – the Brooklyn Nets, I think, are about as good as they could be at this point. Maybe they could they could be a tad better. But when you look at the roster overall, it's really Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and a bunch of scraps. And James Harden is, is, is adjusting to rules that don't favor his play style. So 
it's been really Kevin Durant playing MVP basketball or MVP caliber basketball, I should, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And James Harden still being a really, really good point guard with, with the help of the role players that they have on it, at their disposal and the veterans they've got on that team. So, uh, and then like the Lakers, as you said, not being them, not deserving to be on television. I'm super disappointed. And we just, like, we, we, we talked about this, but I'm just so, so disappointed with their roster. I'm so disappointed with the coaching. I'm super disappointed about everything about the Lakers this season. Their defense is terrible and their best defensive player is out as usual. Uh, Russell Westbrook, he looked like he's still adjusting. LeBron, you don't know if he's going to be in or out. And that re- the rest of that roster is just, just regular, like just regular dudes, regular everyday guys. Right. So it, it, who look like they all are washed and past their time. Like the, the things that people were saying in the offseason about this team being old and a bunch of old men, they look like it. They look like frail <laughs> old men on the court that can't keep up with these young guys and they get ran off the court. A lot of times they can't defend to save their lives. And it's bad. Like Frank Vogel is a defensive coach and they can't defend. They can't defend the cold. They can't defend a cough. They can't defend nothing. Uh, and I looked at a stat tonight. LeBron scored like 37% of their points tonight, something like that. Like that. He's 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 closer to 40. <laughs> he, he, he's going on 37. And he got to carry this team out of the ground a lot of the time. Like AD, he's 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 a great disappointment. And I, I tweeted this. A couple of days ago, and I'm gonna say it again because I feel like it needs to be said. My 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 good brother Ian, shout out to you, man. One of my Philly guys. We had a conversation, and what he said hit home. He said to me, he said, "80s prime ended when he left the bubble." And I was like, "Damn, I can't refute that." <laughs> at least at this point, I can't refute that. Because AD looked like everything in the bubble. As soon as they left the bubble, he ain't he hasn't been able to get healthy. And he's looked soft when he has been healthy. So uh that's a mess. But I don't want I don't want to spend my whole time talking about how bad the Lakers are because I feel like there are other teams more deserving of my time. The Celtics and the Bucks, the Celtics are also a mess, and they're still trying to figure that that situation out and injuries aren't helping. It's kind of, it's kind of like last year, but y'all roster is just better. And y'all have a new coach basically. Yeah. It's, it's better roster. <laughs> yeah, better, yeah, better roster, new coach and the same, same old stuff. The only reason why people are going to watch the Knicks and Hawks is because of animosity from last year's playoff series, which wasn't close. Uh, so I don't I don't know what we'll see there. That that could be very unpredictable. I think that actually will ultimately wind up being a really good game. Mm-hmm. But again, 
both teams have been kind of off this year. Uh, and then, like, jumping into the Mavericks and Jazz, damn near everybody on the Dallas Mavericks who matter is under protocols, like COVID and all that kind of stuff. Like, Luka's been out half the season. Christoph Porzingis, I think, is on uh, safety protocols right now. So it's like – and then, I mean, as you said, I wouldn't want to watch this anyway. <laughs> right. Because, like, you know Luca going to dribble the ball. He going to dribble the ball about 70% of the time. The other 30% is going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson. Kristaps Porzingis to get a little bit of the action. And then you got to watch the, the Jazz boring-ass offense. <laughs> They're good. Their offense is really good, but it's just like – they're just not that fun to watch. It's boring. Like, I just don't have fun. I don't have fun watching jazz games a lot. It's just that's just how it is. I will say I did watch Cavs versus Jazz not too long ago, and Rudy Gobert's defense was very amazing to watch in that game. But I, I, I bet you, I bet, I bet you, I bet you money though. You, you're, you're, uh, you were more entertained by the, the Cavaliers' offense, even though it's a business. Thousand percent. Yeah, the Jazz don't care about the Jazz. <laughs> it's just this. That's just how I feel. That's fine. This is this is this going to be a pretty rough day for basketball fans. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> we might, if, you know, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to be very optimistic because, although on paper these games don't look good. I think that they will all be close because all of the teams are pretty equally matched. Uh, I think aside from maybe that, that Dallas Utah game, I think the Dallas Utah game should be a stomp, a curb stomping. But <laughs> I think, I do think that Luca is supposed to be coming back. So mm-hmm. if Luca is on the court, I think he's, they, they, they were talking about him coming back this Thursday, which would be a couple, just a couple days before Thanksgiving. So, well, not Thanksgiving, Christmas. I'm sorry. Oof. Um, but if Luca is on the court, that helps out a lot. That brings the entertain that brings the entertainment value of that game up, up at least forty five percent. So we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I'm going to. Pray for the best, but I'm 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 not gonna be surprised if I turn my TV off and actually play 2K or something. All right. Great day to get on park. <laughs> oh, great day! Fantastic day! All the new, all the new people who got 2K22 as a, as a Christmas gift will be on there, mm-hmm. uh, and they won't be good. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Wait, right, why don't we get into the wish list thing though? Oh. Yeah, I have a couple of things I'd like to see. Yes, I do too. Let's see what you have. Let's see. Hmm. I said I'm curious. I'm curious to see what you have as oh, well. As, as am I. I'm. I mean, I'm very curious to see. Or, so um, what's the first thing on your list. The first thing on my list. I I don't have a specific order in terms of like preference. So I'll just pick one randomly. I would like to see guards actually be considered for defensive player of the year. Cause I'm tired of seeing it's gotten to the point now for the last like six seasons or so 
where our choices are Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, and Giannis. And after that, we don't really have much other options for like who they, they or not weak, I don't vote, but like the voters, the people who do vote, they don't consider anyone beyond those three people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and Kawhi, when, when, no, Kawhi, of course, is always up there too. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis should have been, but he wasn't winning. He was either not winning or then he was on the Lakers and his votes were getting taken, you know, just because like that one year, like the bubble year, LeBron was playing defense too. So kind of his votes were, he's, they were splitting votes essentially. Yeah. Um, well, first I would, I would totally and 100% love to see that. Uh, I want to shout out two people and I want to shout out one dude specifically who I think can really change that mold. Uh, one dude I would like to shout out who I think deserves even more credit than he usually gets is TJ McConnell. He's a hound. He's a dog. Uh, whenever he's healthy and things of that nature, he should be considered because he's just, he's an absolute pest. And then the dude who I think could change that is a guy by the name of Matisse Thibel. I think that's a good answer. Matisse Thibel, like, he's more of a forward because he really can't dribble like that. Yeah. But by size, he would be – he's, like, clearly the smallest dude who who you could think of to be a defensive player of the year caliber player. And, uh, like, last year I thought Ben Simmons should have – been like right there, like he, should, he probably should have won in my in my book, but that's neither here nor there. Um, who even got it last year? Was it Gobert? Yeah, yeah. it was Rudy Gobert again. Like, I'm not saying Gobert doesn't deserve it, but because he's a marvel on defense, and I know people talk about the, the Clippers series, how he looked crazy, and he did look funny trying to guard the perimeter. We also have to remember the only reason why he was covering up all them holes is because the Jazz defenders were the Jazz perimeter defenders were so got awful. Rudy Gobert just trying to do his best to fill in. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Ben Simmons probably should have won it last year. I think that yeah. was, I think he deserved it. Yeah. And, and yeah, but I think Matisse, I think Matisse is actually that good where he could actually change that. Mm-hmm. So I think you give him like, he could, he could win it this year if the Sixers got good. And his defense mattered more. No, I get that. That's part of the problem, too, with certain players. Like, um, like we're talking about players who are perennially great at defense on the perimeter. You know, guys like uh, like, like Marcus Smart, for example, he's always been great. He's had, he's had great moments, but last couple of years, his team just hasn't been good enough for him. Because at this point in time, the way things are set up, like you're saying, the only way a guard, was gonna, a guard has a shot is if his team is, like, absolutely amazing yeah and that's, and that's, that's not fair in the last recent years that have been there haven't been like i mean every team has a great perimeter every great team has a great perimeter stopper but mm-hmm. there's like they haven't been like no, not every not every team. not every team now that's true i mean like but i mean like every great team oh a great team oh great team okay 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 yeah 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 because we're talking like great team you need to be on a great team to win the award regardless like they're not gonna give it to some dude on like like Miles Turner is not gonna win it despite him being like the league leading shot blocker like three years straight. But Ooh. you need to be on a great team. And then 
for you as when as a guard, you have to be like really locking up everybody, be absolutely exceptional. And they're just, I mean, with that criteria in mind, I guess the only option this year would be like Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. Or Matisse Thibel. Yeah, if the Sixers clean it up. Yeah. The, East is, well, yeah. the stands are close enough where you might be able to, the Sixers could hypothetically move up. They get like a hot streak. Mm-hmm. But I think those two are probably the the closest things we have to, to a hope of that wish coming true. Yeah. Or I want to get into one of your, one of your wishes. Oh, mine is easy. Well, my first one, my first one's very easy. I think my first one is definitely the Sixers figuring out what they are <laughs> going to do with Ben Simmons. That is on my wish list. It is I I didn't really rank my wishes specifically, but yes, I'm going to put this as my number one and as the one I want to see first because the Philadelphia 76ers right now are a mess. They are very regular. They're not like they're being carried by Joel, and it just looks bad. Like I would compare us to. I almost want to compare us to like the Hornets with Al Jefferson <laughs> with the Bobcats when they when when you know when they were last around with Al Jefferson. Like Al Jefferson is cooking, he's eating, he's snapping, he got a young guard and Ty, like in Tyrese Maxey. Like he had Kimball Walker, like Al Jefferson had Kimball Walker. Mm-hmm. So you know it's that kind of thing. And and then Tobias Harris is just oh my goodness. <laughs> The most regular 19 points per game ever. Oh my God. I, I I can't stand him. I can't I can't stand him. I can't stand how regular this roster is for the most part. And like injuries have hurt us too, but geez. <laughs> it's, it's 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 frustrating because on paper, this is actually a really good roster. And they have a lot of depth on paper. But it just—it's just like it's not going to win because we don't have anything up front now. Mm-hmm. Like, and in a point guard, my goodness! Like Tyrese Maxey, he's good. He's really good, but he's not what we need. He's not the playmaker we need. We need somebody who can play, make, and create for the other players. Like, he's more of an attack aggressive player, and I think that. Ben would actually be perfect for this team. Like, ironically, like, it's – if Ben was on this team, I feel like we would probably be a number two seed, number one seed, as opposed to being number six at 16 and 15. Mm-hmm. So, I really want the Sixers to just figure out what the hell we are doing with Ben Simmons. It, the time's coming up. I think the trade, deadline, trade deadline's in February. Yeah, it, it so, needs to happen soon. So if it don't happen then, then it looks like Daryl Moore wasn't playing with that four-year plan. <laughs> Might be uh, in for the long haul. I, uh, yeah, man, that's just – and the thing is, like, that would uh, that would be the final straw in undoing the process, basically. Yeah. If, especially if he sat the whole four years, my God, that would be painful. I don't think that's going to happen, but. I feel you. He needs to play, honestly, bro. Like he, this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is this is getting out of hand. 
But I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna dwell on this too much. <laughs> what is your what is your second wish? I just I re- I really wish that Portland would blow it up. It's time. It's been time. They're like two years too late, but just get it over with, please. Like they're it's gotten to the point now where their their team is not much worse than it's been in like the last few years. But it's to the point now where it's just like it's just really starting to look bad because obviously, honestly, because of injuries, but also just it seems like it just seems like the magic is isn't there. Like they their their will to come together and really you know make a statement with this underdog team just doesn't it just doesn't feel like that's there this year. And like they're worse than the Kings for God's sake. The Kings, bro. <laughs> How are you worse than them? And they're not the Kings have honestly been a mess low key too and they're still out outperforming you. So I just think it's time for Portland to blow it up. Like trade everybody. I wouldn't. Even, I wouldn't even sit here and try to like build a new team around Dame. I just start start going to the lottery ASAP because Dame's thirty one. They're not going to build a contender in the next year or two or three or four or five or six or seven. So just start over. That's what I need. I need to see Dame on a new team, change the landscape of the league up a little bit. CJ on a new team. Uh, everyone else is kind of regular in some way, shape, or form, but <laughs> those two can those two can really help good teams. So it'd yeah. be interesting to see where they would end up. I think oh, that's Larry Nance. Hmm? I said I was just gonna say I do like Larry Nance. Other than that, I just mm-hmm. everyone else can, can like you know best yeah. luck. Yeah, they are they are an absolute mess. They're a dumpster fire. Um, they. They should have blown it up a very long time ago. And and here, here's why. Here's where I think they should have blown it up. And, and the my reasoning is because what happened with the Milwaukee Bucks last year was they got lightning in a bottle and they got lucky. The Portland Trailblazers are the kind of team that couldn't, like, even if teams got injured, it would take – like five or six teams to get injured for them to come out of the West, like legitimately. Even in, the, even in their best days. <laughs> even on their best days. It would take like five or six teams. Like last year, they they lost in a series to the Nuggets without Jamal Murray in six. They got beaten six. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, how do you – how? They should have been blowing this up. Uh, Damian Lillard, you should have forced your way out already. Uh, because now you're 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 making your way you're making your exit more difficult because now people like if I'm not mistaken he's looking he's trying to get a two year one hundred seven million dollar extension or something in that ballpark yeah I've seen that figure too that that extension him wanting that extension is going to cause issues and a lot of issues. Uh, because a lot of people ain't going to be trying to pay that, especially if they don't have the requisite parts, which if you have the pieces to acquire Damian Lillard, nine times out of 10, you know, if you traded them, you're still not going to be ready to compete for a title. And giving somebody $107 million for two years is 
absurd and basically saying that you ain't getting nobody else unless you trade. And even in a trade, you, you know, the salary cap, you're going to be blowing that thing crazy. Like, right. So, yeah, with the with the Portland Trailblazers, I think blowing that up is it, it should have been done, but I think that doing it now, like they should, like just, I, I think it will happen. But I, I they, they they just need to get a move on it. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's gonna happen this summer. If I had to predict when, I'd say this summer, especially just with the way things are going now, they're gonna be in the lottery. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened before then. Because they have new ownership. Uh, they're not winning at all this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was during the season. I think they make a move. But I don't think they blow up during the season for real. Uh, what move can they make? I mean, depends on – I feel like they move, like, do some French stuff. Like, probably Ro- Roko is not even starting anymore, so they might be looking into what they can get for him. Uh, Larry Nance, they don't they started they recently started starting him, but he's not necessarily being used properly, so they probably look into him. Uh, I think they probably I think Nurkic Nurkic has like outdone his he's done his time there, but they're not they're not moving Norman Powell. They just extended him for mm-hmm. whatever reason. That's a good move. Yeah, I'm not sure why they got him to be their starting small forward and expected success, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, CJ, he has a collapsed lung thing going on. I hope he get, recovers, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they feel about trading him while he's healing up. So, but he's probably the prime. He's obviously their best trade chip at this point. Yeah. That's fine. That's my piece on Portland. You know, I really like them. Mm-hmm. overall but just like i'm just so just disenchanted at this point i can't i don't see the point in getting garnering interest in this product that's obviously going to be mediocre if it's absolutely. been the same thing for like three years so yeah absolutely but yeah that's my piece on, on portland now i'm gonna go in the opposite direction all right uh my what is this my second wish mm-hmm. So my second wish for me is that OKC writes their wrongs. What I mean by that is we talked a little bit the other day about this kid, Josh Giddy out of OKC, um, Shea Gilders Alexander and Lou Jens Dort and the other, the, the bevy of other players they have there that are young, talented, the, a, a astounding assortment of first round picks that they've you know put together mm-hmm. and the flexibility that they have in the future because they're not cap strapped and because of the fact that they have so many picks at their disposal and they are a hotbed for dummy trades for picks so i think like I think that they will be fine in just a few years because Josh Giddy is a really good basketball player all around. Yeah. And if he if he develops as a scorer, I think he could really be something special. Shea Gilgis Alexander is really good. And Lou Jensdor is one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. And he's also improved legitimately as a scorer. And he's making he's making headway as a scorer 
as like a double digit scorer now. So if they keep those three and build on it and this time right their wrongs for what they did with KD, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook in that era, I I would love to see that. No, that's it is very interesting. It's just a matter of I think honestly it's a matter of the right player becoming available to them in terms of like consolidating their assets. Mm-hmm. Like in a trade. Mm-hmm. It's just the players available right now, like doesn't make sense. Or the players who are theoretically available doesn't make sense. Like yeah. trading for Beal don't make no sense. Trading for oh, Dame yeah. don't make no sense. Ben Simmons makes sense in terms of age, but I don't wouldn't want to build it. I'm not sure if I want to build a team around Ben Simmons. And with Giddy, like you said, not having his uh his shot where he needs to be. And him and Ben Simmons kind of clash in terms of style Absolutely. in that regard. Yep. And then after that, there's no one who's really like a quote unquote star mm-hmm. worth consolidating your assets for. So I think they're they're probably gonna wait a couple of years, but like you're saying, they do have some decent foundational pieces. Foundational pieces. They need a center really bad. Like, just this guy's name, Jerome Robinson Earl, whoever they're starting. Yep. That dude is is like okay, I guess, but they need a center really bad. Basically, a power forward. Yeah, Basley is also okay. He's okay. They need front court players really bad. <laughs> yeah, if they get front court, if they get a couple front court court players in a bench and then let um just Dort continue to develop along with um Josh Giddy. I think that I think that OKC could be really fun to watch and really good in just a few years. Yeah, I agree. So I would love to just actually because you know a lot of people you know a lot of people think what if you know what if OKC had actually kept everybody together like Kevin Durant, Russell, James Harden, Serge Ibaka Steven Adams, uh, Reggie Jackson, the list goes on of all the guys that OKC had at their disposal. And I just, you know, wasted that, that whole, that great draft period where they got Russell, James Harden, and Katie, and it turned, you know, ultimately shifted their franchise into being something special. Mm -hmm. So if they can get back to their winning ways with that, that three of Dort, Giddy, and Alexander, I think that they'll have a second chance. So I'm just going to be waiting and see. Word. No, they are a team to watch out for next, next few years for real. No, I also haven't – my last – I didn't only decide, decided to come with, come up with three things. I cannot talk today, my God. Mm-hmm. Decided to come up with three things. My last one is another young team who has the pieces, but they just can't get it together. Mm-hmm. And one of those pieces is Zion Williamson. And I just want to see him on the court. That's all I ask for. That's all I really want. When he was playing last year, he looked like one of the 15 best players in the NBA. You cannot tell me otherwise. I'm sorry. There's just no way around it. He was absolutely amazing. But he can't stay healthy. And I don't know what the hell the, the Pelicans are doing, but just – the, I mean, some of the things they can't control, you can't help how dude's healing. That's like, you know, that's his body just not, just not ready yet. Simple as that. But nonetheless, you know, everyone saw, everyone talks about how he's like bigger now, this and that. And I haven't seen like photos of him being bigger for real, for real. But like, <laughs> I mean, I did see like one quick camera pan during a Pelicans game. He did look pretty husky, <laughs> but 
nonetheless doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean he's like unfit to like play a basketball game. He just he just doesn't look as aki as he did before. But you know, you don't have to be you don't have to be like diesel to play basketball. So I don't know. I think it could be blown out of proportion, especially without without knowing what he actually looks like in that shape playing basketball. But nonetheless, he's physically incapable of playing at the moment. And his team needs him bad. The new coaching, the new coach Donson doesn't seem like the answer or Devontae Graham. It's just, it's just a mess down there. Something's gotta give. Cause even as I came, I came back, I still don't think he he could save the day. Granted, the plan would be possible this year. Had he had he been playing. Yeah, Willie Willie Green is trying, but it's just not working. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, seeing Zion would be nice. Cause Zion is like he's special. He's right. We it, it's so sad because he's so special and he like he jumps out of the gym. He's actually and the thing is like he's not only a freak of nature, but he's actually a really good basketball player. Like yeah, he makes very timely passes. He hits he he hits open he hits the open shots. And this is untapped. This isn't like a raw untapped talent. Like this dude is legit. Yeah, like he he's a really skilled player. So it, it sucks to watch the Pelicans just smell horrible, just play terrible. And yeah, they just look like a hot mess. I mean, Jonas yeah. Valanciunas, I, I like the acquisition of Jonas Valanciunas. And I think that Zion and Jonas would be very nasty in the front court, along with Brandon Ingram. But Devontae Graham and you know the the rest of the front court or the rest of the back court for the Pelicans hasn't worked at all. Yeah, I don't know why they got rid of Alonzo. He obviously was part of the answer. That was a terrible move. Yeah, they 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 are they are obviously hurting, and the Bulls are winning because of that. Right. <laughs> right. No, man, free Brandon Ingram, bro. <laughs> that man is out there hooping, just losing. Yeah. Free him. For sure. He doesn't deserve that. Speaking of a person who doesn't deserve things and a a person who needs to be free, I'm not going to say free, but I'm going to say basically my last wish is that the Dallas Mavericks stop playing around and actually build a roster of legitimate (laughs) basketball players around Luka Doncic. Yeah, bro. Frustrating. I wish that. Every night, like every season now, what is Luca in his fifth season, fourth season? I think it's four now. Like, yo, what the hell are y'all doing with this roster? <laughs> what are y'all doing? Like, the thing is, like, they want to they want to bank everything on on Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, and Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> like after that, who's your best players? Boban, Maxi Kleber. Come on now, stop it. Dwight Powell. That's a joke. This is ridiculous, man. Get this thing lost. Willie Cully Stein, Dorian Finney Smith. Like they're okay players, but most of these dudes are ninth and tenth guys on their roster. Like yo, yeah. like. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a seventh 
is 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 a sixth, seventh, maybe even eighth man on a champion on a real championship roster. And y'all got him as the best dude behind Luca in the scoring department on the team. And like it, it's so 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 frustrating because Luka Doncic is like he's like that. Like he is a generational game-changing player like when they say like I, I think I think it's safe to say that Larry Bird is probably the best white player to have ever played the game yeah I agree Luka Doncic could actually challenge that right <laughs> He's that good right Luka Doncic is that good like he really is that good. He's like Larry. He plays like Larry Bird. He's, he's, he's just a little more athletic. And a, a, a lot worse. A lot worse at shooting. Yeah, a lot worse at shooting. <laughs> but he will take the shot. He will take the shots. Yeah, he will take the shot. And occasionally will hit them. It's it is so frustrating to watch every season, like. I get it. When Dirk was on his way out, all right, they were they were rebuilding. You get Luca, like you trade, you make the trade to get Luca, and since then, you haven't done anything. After you know, you get the Kristaps trade, cool. You, it feels like the rock, they, like they've been lazy with the roster. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, get him some help. Get some real players in there. Like it's ridiculous. You could have put anybody if you put anybody in there that is solid. Luka Doncic could actually go far. Like if you give him another good player, that's a sixty win team at least. Because Luka yeah, Doncic yeah. is really like that. Like he's really that good. Like if you put somebody who could really score and create on his own, even a really good rim protector or something, just to help him out a little bit. Like, even, you can give him anything. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you could, like, I don't know exactly. Like, for example, you put Bradley Beal on that team, that's 60 wins in my eyes. You put a CJ McCollum on the team, that's at least 55 wins in my eyes, maybe more. Um, I don't know who, I don't know who else, but, just give him something, please. Give him something. He shouldn't have to like, like. It also, it's two straight years in a row now where he didn't fought. He didn't fought for his life, and he's still losing to the Clippers of all teams. But you can see that no one on the Clippers could guard him, and they have some of the best defenders in the league, or at least some of the people who appeared to be some of the best defenders in the league. Like Patrick Beverly couldn't, couldn't, you know, he couldn't tie his sneaks. They wasn't even putting Kawhi Leonard on him. Paul George can't do, couldn't do nothing with him. No one the Clippers put on him could stop him or deal with him. And it would happen, that would happen in every series. Give him some help and he could actually bring a championship to Dallas. And he could also... Not only could he be the great, like he, he could be, he could be the greatest player in Dallas history. 
and he could be the greatest white basketball player to have ever lived. And he could also, I, I'm going to take it a step further. He could also be the greatest international player to have ever played. Right. He has that much potential. He is that great. Like he's, he's what, 22, 23? Something like that. Like, he could really be one of the greatest to have ever lived. He's 22 years old. He could be one of the greatest players to have ever lived. If he if he figures out how to play defense halfway and his shot percentage, because he's gonna he's gonna shoot better. He's gonna get better as a shooter because he's gonna only yeah. get more efficient over time because he's gonna he's gonna learn from his mistakes. Heard. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, at some point, like, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna break even at that with the shot. Like if if he if he play, if he learn how to play a little bit of defense, just a little bit. Because the thing is, James Harden got better, and Luca six seven. <laughs> so get him some help. Do what you got to do. I, I can't I can't I can't stress it enough. Like I think Jason Kidd is a good fit coaching wise. That's not an excuse for you to not be making moves to help Luka Doncic out in other ways. Right. I don't know. It's like you said, uh, he's the only one who can create a shot. Maybe, just maybe, if he had another shot creator, he might have some energy to get a steal or two <laughs> or, like, actually stay in front of his man. Like, yes. you know, all the, all, the, all the little things that add up, like, you help someone out, you help you give someone some help on offense to have more energy to play defense. And, you know, then they have more energy to, like, you know, just make a hustle play, like chase a loose ball, uh, more desire to do those certain things as well. They're like, all right, I'm seeing some benefit of, you know, me scoring and me doing these – me playing defense is actually worthwhile now because actually, you know, I don't have to – I don't have to do everything else. So. Plus, ultimately, it's not going to be all for not me in any way where I could actually compete for a title. Right. Yeah, because like you know, it gets to. I'm I'm sure he sees it because we all see. Everyone else sees it. at certain points. Like, yo, what the fuck? Who are these people around me? Like, why is Reggie Bullock starting and getting two points a game? Like, what is happening here? Like, why are they starting this scrub? Who's who signed this man? And he did look good on the Knicks. Don't get me wrong, but he's not looking good in Dallas. He's looked okay this year. He's been decent this year. But- yeah. But- He's still he's still like a third tier piece. That's not that's not that was like their best addition in the offseason. That's not gonna cut it. That should never be your best acquisition if your team is not close to a championship. Yeah, and and and, and the the other crazy part about it too, when you think about it, is that Luka Doncic is really the only good play, like he's the only really good player on this team and they're always hovering around the fourth or fifth seat in the Western conference every year off the strength of him alone. Right. So you give him like, even like, again, as I said, like even if you gave him somebody, the caliber of a CJ McCollum, they would go from being are you know, battling for a fourth or fifth to a team battling for a, fourth or third or a third or second yeah now you get like a cj they're going to the second round at least at At least least. 
At least. If they get a team like the Jazz in the second round, they can make the conference finals. Yeah. Just give him just give him some something. That's that's all I ask. Because I would I personally it 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 it's burn it, it burns my eyes to see Luca have to do so much. And it, it hurts. Like I, I like my back hurts watching Luca Doncic <laughs> play basketball. So yeah, that's, that's my final wish, man. We're yeah, I'm gonna get out of here. Any last any last words? Hi, everybody. Happy holidays to y'all. I'm extremely grateful for everything that I have at my disposal. So take a moment to be thankful for whatever you have, whatever that is and whatever in any capacity, whether that be family members, a significant other, friend, opportunity, multiple opportunities, just getting out of bed. Just be, just be thankful for what you have at your disposal. Spend time with your loved ones, spend time with your family. And shout out to all my students out there as well. Shout out to all my, my specifically college students who just got done with finals. You know, I, I just got done with finals. You know what I'm saying? Zach's brother and my bro, Brandon, he just got done some, he just got done some some crazy finals. My man Donovan, I'm sure he just got done some some crazy finals. My man Zach is content continuing to pursue his master's degree, as am I and, and my fellow comrades. So um, I'm proud of all of us and I'm proud of all the students out there as well. So shout out to them for getting through tough finals, you know. It's it's been a tough road. So let's 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 uh let's let's get into 2022 strong. That's 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 the word I'm gonna leave on. We're proud of you too, Jameer. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, next, next episode after this one, I think we'll be at our, our uh, one-year mark. It's crazy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to Game Time, everybody. As you know, this is Zach, hosted by Jameer. And you can find us on Facebook at Game Time with Z&J. On Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast and Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ. And you can follow us there, stay up to that for their content, you know, the memes, the Axe Game Time, Axe the Gamers, all that kind of stuff. And then you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, uh, not on the radio. But, um, you know, that's where all the podcasts are at. So, yeah, can't wait to talk more basketball on Game Time.